Well, welcome everyone to another episode of Texplaining. This is our, our holiday end of year, headed into the beginning of next year episode. This is Stephanie Donahue. I'm here with Rob Foster and Mark Rackley. We might see an appearance from Brett later. I don't know. We'll see what happens. How are you guys doing? I can't believe it's the end of the year already. I'm thankful that it's the end of the year already. <laughs> it's, <laughs> it's been a crazy year. It has been a wild year, but it has been a very good year, I think. So this is, you guys just celebrated your year anniversary at, uh, at your current jobs, right? Yes. I did. Yeah. I did, yeah. Last week was it was one year, and they they haven't fired me yet. So well, a, a year later, a year later, how do you feel? I mean, or do you feel like you've grown any over the you know, like professionally? Um, it's it's a, it's a hard question to ask because that would require some introspection that I may not possess. Uh, but <laughs> no, no, it's definitely it, it's nice to know that um, the, what the company that I was working on building before with Stephanie and the team we were building that that we really did have the skills to grow and scale that business from you know just just ability standpoint. Um, and so it was nice to move into a position with a larger company and see that the skills I had there, they fit in naturally. But I now had the support of a much larger organization. I now have mentors I can lean into to figure out how to get unstuck and move things forward. Um, you know, it, there's some fresh, frustrating parts of working for a large organization, but the benefits, I really think by and far really you know outweigh uh, any struggles. And it's been a pleasant surprise from that standpoint. I do like that at Avanade, um, and I heard it before joining, but they say it's like a small, a very entrepreneurial, small business mindset. Um, and it really is. So it's it's a lot of if you want to do something, go do it. If you're passionate about something, go do it and you'll get the support you need. So it's it's been a it's overall been great. I don't have any regrets whatsoever. Yeah, that's one of the things I have to keep reminding myself when I get bogged down into some of our processes, you know, being a big organization, you have to have a lot of governance and processes around things. It's just like, man, this process sucks, but the entrance is really great. (laughs) 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 What about you, Stephanie? What are your, what thoughts do you want to share? Um, well, I'm still a, a bit short of my one-year anniversary. Of course, I started in January. Um, I echo all of those sentiments. I think it's been a really good shift for me. Uh, I always said that if I wasn't going to run my own organization, that I want to go to a large organization and see what I can do. Um, and I definitely see myself settling in for the long haul. It's been a good transition for me. And again, to echo what you said, lots of mentors around to learn from. And, um, you know, it is very entrepreneurial, which is a great fit for me. I can stay as busy as I want to stay. And um, actually, I'm taking a little bit of a dip sideways um, in addition to working with the modern workplace a bit and having my internal role. I've been dabbling with the um, with a, a COE that is very Azure focused and um, application modernization. So that's been new and fun. And it's fun to see kind of the the parallels to what I've always done in, in modern workplace and business process automation and, and taking that into a different space that's a, a little more custom, 
uh, a little more complex, but it's, it's been really, it's been an intense couple of weeks for me onboarding to that. Um, but it's, it's also been great, uh, to go out and learn something new and, and branch out my technical skill set. So, well, yeah, you did so, a yeah, session awesome. on green software too. Which oh is... yeah. So when I went to European SharePoint conference, I spoke on sustainability, um, cause I also have a lot of access to the emerging technologies group. Um, so that was new and different and interesting, uh, which is interesting too, from the fact that not a lot of people are interested in it and and talking about it yet. So my session size was much smaller than what I'm used to. But <laughs> yeah, I think I think that's cool. Maybe we need a show on that actually, because I think that I would I would like to uh, to learn about that. <laughs> yeah, we could definitely. I'm I'm prepared to do a show on that now, so I can I could definitely walk us through that. You probably and, even have meeting or show notes for that, right? I mean, it'd be crazy. Yes. <laughs> You know what? We're headed towards a place, you know, where we we said initially with this show, we were going to do some predictions for the next year. And one of the new things that I think would be really helpful for us, right? We tend to record in teams and then nobody has time to do the notes. And I, you know, it's been an ongoing joke that I would do the notes and then I never do um, the show notes. And now maybe we'll have Teams Premium soon and we'll just have it generate the notes for us coming out of the show. And then I can very quickly um, get those together and get them posted on the website. We'll see. Um, but that's, you know, I think that's one of the key features coming in Teams Premium in the next year that I think people will really adapt to and, and take off with. And I so, am so, anxious so, to see that. So, so you're saying generative AI might be a thing in 2023 as a, as a trend? Oh, I think so. So are we going to get into the chat GPT stuff? Cause you know, well, I guess, I guess topic. since you brought up, let's, let's, let's jump in because <laughs> I mean, teams <laughs> is that as well. Right. So the stuff, when you talk about generating uh, meeting notes and stuff is generative AI, right. And generative AI is the technology that we're all kind of talking about and buzzing about right now. Well, some of us, I don't know if Mark is that much, but <laughs> Andrew Connell is definitely not, but, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, but you know, I, I think, yeah, I, I think it, I've, I've been doing a lot with that over the past year, um, you know, working with various technologies from Azure to AWS to OpenAI. Um, um, uh, Google has, has a lot of things that they're, they're targeting as well. Um, and it, it's the first technology I've been around probably in my career that I wish I was 20 years younger because I want to see where this thing goes. I don't know that we're going to be old. <laughs> I think we're going to be too old and age out <laughs> before we see it actually come to fruition. But I think the next five years are going to be just uh, phenomenal in growth in this area. Well, the thing is, like, all the stuff we're seeing people, people posting is they're, like, playing, oh, hey, chat GTP, give me a story written in the voice of Stephen King about a unicorn jumping over, you know, a hill. And then they're posting what that sounds like. I mean, there's, there's a lot of, like, people playing with it. Um, but there's actually some real-world use cases for it right now. And I started using it. And I know uh, my son Bergen is using it. Actually thought he's going to be on the show today, but I guess he didn't get the invite, so I can I can play the role of Bergen. Um, but uh, the the things that you can practically use it today for are huge, especially from the development space. And for me personally, I I start so I have a whole list of abstracts for sessions I submit, and I really am not talented at coming up with good titles for my sessions. So I've gone into Chat GTP and I've and I've said. Give me an engaging session title for this abstract and I'll paste my abstract and it generates a title and it generates really good titles. 
And if you don't like it, there's a try again button. So you, it'll go through and cycle and give you different titles that you can use. And so all the sessions that I submitted for this last conference I submitted to have titles generated from ChatGTP. So you're saying you're cheating now. You're, you're cheating with creating that stuff. It's not cheating. It's I still <laughs> did the work for the abstract. I'm just coming up with more engaging titles uh, using the technology presented to me. You know, you know that, and that's a good that's cheating is a good question. That 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 kind of is is the you know we're having to deal with uh, a lot of the ethics in AI, right? And I think a lot of people are going to have to deal with that sooner than later um, because who owns the intellectual property for the things that are generated out of AI, right? Is it you because you told it what to generate? Is it the company that that uh, that owns the AI engine? Is it OpenAI? Is it you know is it the AI itself? I don't know, <laughs> and and that's kind of a, I would hate to be a an attorney right now, a corporate attorney trying to figure out all this stuff because it's, um, it does get into get into some some ethics right that you have to we're going to have to address sooner than later. And you know if you look at Gartner, I've been doing a lot of research with with kind of where this is going. Gartner predicts that all of the market or most of the, the a high percentage of marketing emails by 2025 will all be generated by AI. Right, a lot of the stuff that we we receive is is spam, you know, whatever. All of the all of the text, all of the images will be generated by AI, and that is amazing to me that 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 would happen that fast. Now, what I think, to Mark's point, I think people are going to go in, type in something, it'll generate, you know, here's here's your article. I do think there is going to be a human interaction, right? Where you're going to have to, you know, check the copy, you know, of, of what comes out, adjust it a little bit, maybe, um, and then send it to print. But what it, what it will do is it'll let you focus on the creative aspect of it and it'll generate the idea. Like here's, here's your session title, Mark. Is this okay? Try again, try again. Okay. And maybe you adjust a word here and there, but it does, you know, it lets you focus on the actual abstract of what you're going to talk about. And then, and then the engaging title is what it generates, which is, Okay, but it also helps get your creative juices flowing as well. Well, yeah, some of the best ideas come from bad ideas, right? So that's, I, I you know, Stephanie knows this from working with me. I would, I, I'm an idea person. I've a lot of <laughs> ideas and about 10% of them are really good, but I need the feedback of the bad ideas. I need to, I need to get those out there to, to get to the good idea. So I think that, yeah, it's, it's, I was, I was on a call with a, with a uh, colleague yesterday that used chat GPT to automatically generate her blurb for her Christmas card that she's going to send out this year. That's, I thought that was cool. <laughs> I mean, that's a little impersonal, but, but I think, I think there's an impersonal though? aspect to it. Well, like, okay. Do you so even I, read I your saw, Christmas cards? You don't. No, know I don't. I don't. Get, I, I stopped doing Christmas <laughs> cards. But the thing is, like, I to be funny, Rob started responding to status updates using Chat GPT on Facebook. So someone would write a, a status update. I guess. I guess I you're referring you, that. You don't. I notice you don't like those, but you do like the ones that people respond to those. For. <laughs> <laughs> you, you caught that, did you? But you know, so he He ran through Chat GPT for the response, and it was. A, a, a good response but it's obviously not personal it was it's obviously very, not written by me right? it's obviously yeah. not written by well that too because it was positive maybe it just but, needs to get to know you rob <laughs> but i'm just saying that it's like you can tell that it's not it's missing that 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 you know that you actually know me type right, of perspective right, right? right um and i think that's what so i think for marketing yeah it's absolutely going to be used but for things like christmas cards like eh, you're not i don't know have you guys had it write code for you or review yes. code 
that's that's one of the reasons I have Bergen on here too. So he's he's been using it extensively for a lot of his uh, to help him with a lot of stuff he's been doing in school. So I don't know, Bergen, if this is your segue to jump in and and kind of talk about how you kind of told me first about Chat GTP, GPT and th- how you've been using I, it. I think that's going to be so interesting because that's at the back of my mind as well. Is yeah, you know, what, what about these essays that you have to write for school that you know you might actually not be the true author behind that content that's being submitted and, and how do the teachers handle that? Well, I, I yeah, tried I so. to cheat on an essay with ChatGPT. <laughs> it didn't work. Uh, it's really, it is interesting. It's a creative writing tool is the big issue with it. So if you're trying to get it to do something that, okay, I guess for a longer backstory, I wanted it to write some PowerShell scripts. I was just messing around with it. And anything that I asked it to do that I knew could be done in PowerShell, I wrote correctly. So if I was like, take this data, make a CSV file out of it, write a PowerShell script that would create an item and a SharePoint list for every item in this CSV file, it generated a completely accurate PowerShell script. But then I said, okay, well, I want to download the first image result off Google for every item in this CSV list. There's no PowerShell library to do that. So instead of saying it's not possible, it just made one up and it made up the syntax for it. And didn't tell me that that was the case, but it just made up a library called google.search.powershell. So it was an unusable script, but it looked totally legit. Uh, and similarly, I tried to have it write an essay um, for a creative uh, writing class that I was taking. And I needed it to cite some sources. So I said, write this essay, here's the prompt, cite your sources. And it cited sources completely correctly. It was very, it was correctly structured API citations, but all of the sources were made up. None of them were real. So I couldn't have turned it in for an actual assignment because anyone who went to, to check where I was getting my data from would be like, that's a dead link. That's a dead link. That person doesn't exist. Um, so there's still some quirks to work around. Some gaps. Yeah. <laughs> I wonder if that's on purpose, though. I wonder if they did that on purpose. I would hope so. It lies is the thing. Like, it'll be like, oh, I don't have access to the Internet. I can't do anything. But then it's pulling data that 100% it had to Google. Like it doesn't know about this obscure nonprofit I asked it about, even though it gives you a completely accurate description of what it's doing. So obviously it got that from somewhere. Yeah. Well, and the other thing the that future, you did. Well, oh, go ahead, Mark. I'm sorry. I want to say the other thing we do is uh, you, that that seven, that degrees of Kevin Bacon game that's out there. Um, Bergen was playing with that and asking to connect these two actors, but didn't give it explicit information. So it was making up the fact that an actor was in a movie that it wasn't even in. So it's just like it was it gave you an answer and the answer was like sounded good, but it was totally not true. <laughs> so it's it's interesting that way. So so this um this uh chat GPT should probably run for president or something. I don't know. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> I'm even thinking it actually sounds kind of human because I know a lot of people that do that. They want to sound like they know what they're talking about, but they don't actually. So <laughs> hey, I feel attacked. You know, I would like it. I would like it to maybe auto-generate, or I would like it to be baked into a couple of tools. Right, bake it into my email to where it'll auto-generate responses for me, potential responses for me, kind of like um, PowerPoint does with the design stuff. It says, "Hey, this slide might look better if you design it like this, or whatever," um, and bake it into Visual Studio. Uh, to where it can automatically do code reviews and and things like that for you so that you can you can focus on the hard stuff and let it kind of you know here let's uh, okay we got naming standards or whatever let's let's run that through the ai and now let's focus on the hard stuff well and the other thing it did and again i'm taking bergen's story because he told it to me 
so he had to create an application for, for school, and it was a mobile application for creating drinks, drink recipes and the ingredients for drinks. And um, he had to do create a, write a summary for what the application does. So he sent the code to ChatGTP and said, create a summary of what this code does. And what's interesting is it created a summary, it created it accurately, but it used the word cocktail for cocktail drink recipes, but the word cocktail didn't exist anywhere in the code. So it was able to figure out that, oh, you're talking about cocktails in the code and, and creating drink recipes, and I'm going to use that word in the summary, which I found really fascinating. That was actually hmm. able to extrapolate that. Huh. Yeah. I threw code at it, and I said, give me, comment this code for me. And it commented the code for me. So Did I think really? developers who wow, have cool. to comment code, like, throw your code in there. That will be a huge win in Visual Studio. Yeah, actually, I think that that, if it's accurate, if it's it's giving you good information in that commenting, that's that could be huge. Yeah, and 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 this will really tell you how bad you suck at writing code if Chat GTP can't even write comments around it. But uh, yes, I I mean uh, you're on your own. I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) But these are real. I feel like that's how spell check is for me. So I feel like I don't know because like it never knows what I'm trying to say. (laughs) But but the point is like these are real world use cases that add value using the tool today. Um, And I I that's what blows me away. It's not just a fun little tool to play with. There are practical uses for it right now. Mm. Yeah, it's great. I mean, I think it's, I think chat GPT is, is it's open AI, right? Is the vendor behind that. And, um, you know, it's, it's, um, it's unbelievable what they're doing and where they're going with uh, the technology. Um, so I'm, I'm really, uh, like I said, I, I wish I was 20 years younger to see where this thing goes and, and, uh, the tools we use and the stuff we have just in our everyday lives. Right. I mean, it's, um, if you look at Dolly, right? Dolly generates is the kind of the same idea, but it generates images. Um, have you? I've I've actually used ChatGPT to say generate me a beautiful image of a forest or whatever. I need the text to generate a beautiful image of a of a forest with a mountain stream or whatever, and it does that. You paste it into Dolly, and it's just unbelievable. What <laughs> some of the images it generates? Um, so if, I mean, I do think we are moving towards where Gartner is is predicting, right? We are moving towards. AI-generated content that we receive and, and interact with on a daily basis, quickly. I think Chris O'Brien uh, came up with a, a good post on LinkedIn about that as well this week. Um, it's the same sort of thing. He asked for a, a, a picture of a giraffe eating a bowl of cereal, and that's exactly what he got. It's a, <laughs> how, how do you get an image like that for something that's so random? <laughs> but, uh, well, and that's how I enjoy with Dali is just trying to think like, what is the most random image that I can think of and see what it generates. And like 90% of the time, it will do it. Um, I think I've scared some co- colleagues with uh, the the ideas Your in thoughts. my head, but <laughs> yeah. uh, it's it's just, it's crazy. Like, so if you have a weird idea, do it. I think I had one that was like a, a picture of a unicorn wearing a sombrero break dancing on top of the Empire State Building. And it did it. You're just trying well, that, to break that's, it. That's all. I was just thinking that's kind of normal for your state, though, isn't it? That's yeah, yeah. <laughs> true story, true story. But I think the the more like they're talking about the ethical impl- implications. I think Dolly has some big ethical implications because you know who who gets credit for the artwork. You know who's getting paid for the artwork, and you know what are the people who like because the the quality of the images created by Dolly is really high, and there's some really great stuff you can do with it. And if I can do that in 30 seconds, instead of reaching out to somebody who's a professional that can create artwork for me, why would I ever spend the money 
and the time to get someone who actually is good at to do it. And I think that there's a real risk there for those people. Well, I, I don't know. I, I really don't know because I, I think if you use it as inspiration to say, you know, give me something like, you know, whatever, whatever you want. I need a t-shirt for my metal band or whatever logo for a t-shirt for my metal band. And then you take that as inspiration. You say, Hey, this is kind of a cool idea. Then you go with that to a, to a graphic artist or whatever, right. That can, that can actually do it to say, Hey, make it something like this or whatever. And then they can use that as inspiration. I think that that is where the value is, right? So you okay. can get, you can get your ideas kind of generated and sketched out and then hand it to somebody that's real. They can go, Oh yeah, I see what you're doing. And then they can make something real. Okay. That's good. That's, so I think it ultimately it will, it will allow you to get a better product in the end. Should you use it in that way? That is a very positive way of looking at it. And I can get behind that. I, I, I would hope that that's how it ends up being used. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, that, that's how I, I would use it personally. I, I think, you know, what what we're seeing here as well is some really good cases where, where it could be used. But I think the, the social media, I know you're doing that for fun, Rob, is just replying to certain people. But I feel like social media, uh, I, I don't know what you think, but, you know, what's happening with Twitter and, and, and Facebook as well. Um, it's becoming more and more noise that people are just not taking any notice of it anymore. And, and I think if content is coming that's not actually real it's not a human behind it then that's just going to accelerate that and uh and people oh, just the bots can it. talk to each Please. other and yeah. then leave, leave <laughs> us alone maybe <laughs> yeah yeah perhaps <laughs> oh, but, but, you know, but elon got rid of the bots right that's that's what he's saying so but 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 is that just going to be the death of social media <laughs> in a way because there just be too much so. of that noise i i don't know I don't know. Um, that's a great, that's a great question. Um, I think, I think, yeah, that, that could happen, especially, you know, and kind of going back to my, you know, bake this into email, right? Um, you know, if you bake this into email and you can respond and it learns my voicing as I respond to emails, right? It can respond as me. Um, what does that mean for the way we all interact with each other over any kind of medium, right? Other than real life. Um, because I think that's, that's quickly where we headed. If you have a bunch of AIs responding to each other's emails, you know, does anybody but, you know, really care at that point? But that's, that's my concern because then no one's really understanding either. So if someone's right. work, asking for feedback on something and, and you respond with AI that you never took the time to read it and understand what their ask was and they got a generic answer. And so no real communication is taking place. Yeah. So that's actually, yeah. I think a danger if we start relying on it too much because it needs to we stop learning. It, not replace it. Like yeah. it needs to be Mark's filter for what he really wants to say. And then it can reward it into something professional. And that has a lot of value. <laughs> true story. True story. <laughs> That's <Yeah>. good feedback. <laughs> Yeah, I think that's good. I mean, I think it's I think we're we're headed into uh, 2023 is going to be an amazing time to watch this stuff evolve and it's going to evolve very rapidly. I know they're they're currently working on the next versions and two versions and three versions ahead of, of all these tools, um, you know, beyond, you know, and, and it's really technology agnostic. All the vendors are working on it. Um, everybody's going after this. This is this is the golden ticket for the next next big thing. Um Arguably as big as the internet. I, I really think AI, this kind of stuff we're dealing with, is is going to be as big as the internet itself. I mean, it's going to be transformational to the way we live and work. Um, and um, that's just my that's my thoughts. It won't happen in 2023, but it will eventually happen. No, no, I agree. And it's going to cause you know a huge shift in the job market too, because a lot of 
people will be able to be replaced by, by this AI. I mean, we're stopped at people having to review the content. I, I'm not saying that's good. It could I'm be just good that's because we have a shortage in workers right now, right? And we know that the future generations coming, there are less and less of them because the birth rates are dropping. So could it potentially be a really positive thing to help fill some of those gaps in, in high skill needs? Maybe. Um, I, I think it, it sounds like there, there still needs to be a ton of involvement from real people, but if it can fill skill gaps in places where we're just short on numbers all up, maybe, maybe that's, maybe, maybe that ends up being the solution to some of our issues. Here's the deal. I want real people, I want real people to focus on the hard stuff. And if we can replace people that are doing mundane tasks, like taking notes in meetings or whatever, for example, like if you, if you apply directly to teams premium, um, you know, if you can replace people that are, are taking notes in meetings and get them to where they're more engaged in calls, they're able to provide their input because their input's valuable. They work with you. They're a colleague. Somebody's vetted them to make sure, you know, that they are important enough to be on the team. I think that's fantastic. So I think that's just exactly what needs to happen. Um, if it replaces people to where they end up, there's they don't have any other value, then I think that's bad. But I don't think that's going to ever be the case. I, I don't think AI will ever replace the creativity of a human uh, that you have on your team. Well, I mean, I, I would love to see I, it replace lawyers in contracts. <laughs> it, I mean, it, on, I feel on a serious that note, deeply, Brett, as a former yeah. business owner, I feel that. Yeah, I mean, you, you, know, you get your end user license agreement, for example, for software, and uh, yeah, people mark it up with and and so on. If 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 something could just, you know, say, does this fit into law? <laughs> because I'm not a lawyer, I don't want to have to take you know a a, a marked up con. Uh, contract and, and find out whether it's actually still legal because we had a lawyer produce that contract now you've marked it up and made all these changes um i agree to your terms but i don't know whether it's legal so i don't want to have to go back to a, a a lawyer again and have somebody accept all of those so if it could do that that's never going to happen because then whoever created the software is going to be liable for the bot saying that yes this is legal so that's never i mean I one lawyer you only need one lawyer to vet all of that instead of 50, right? Yeah. Like, well, you could cut down your legal firm for sure. Maybe the bot can say, hey, check a look at the, take a look at these clauses. But yeah, I don't think we'll ever get to a point where the bots can be, this is legal because then someone's responsible for a bot saying that's legal. Um, I, I do think, you know, it's what Rob brought up earlier about the marketing stuff. I think it could devastate a lot of marketing firms because if you can generate that much marketing content for free and just have someone review it, you don't need a staff of hundreds of people in marketing. I mean, they're definitely going to see people get let go there. I, I just, I, I yeah, I mean, well, I think the, the, the we're not there yet. I don't believe on the marketing side of things. Yeah. Um, I think where the value is, is it having the general marketing stuff. Yeah. I mean, if you're just sending out, you know, I need this blurb about lightning tools or whatever you can, you can generate that pretty easily. But if you have the, the value is going to come when you have targeted marketing blurbs, for people, right? So you can say, I need a marketing blurb. And, and I'm thinking about like the Facebook data, right? Did you have when you do a Facebook post or a Facebook marketing thing? I want to target these people in this demographic and, you know, that have done this and that, that are, you know, believe these things or whatever. Um, if it can understand that type of data and say, I need a marketing email that targets people in, you know, the Southeast US um, based on the best fried chicken you can get and whatever, I don't know what it is, you know, um, but you know, that's when the value, uh, it, it, that's when it changes the game because then you can have targeted stuff that are, you know, targeting a specific type of person 
Um, but it's going to have to learn all that stuff about, you know, using that data that's either purchased or whatever, but something's going to have to feed that in. And as you go into like business stuff, right, to where, it, you know, maybe it has information that you can feed it in a private cloud about the interactions you've had with a client, the interactions that client has had with conferences, the interaction that, you know, the of projects that are currently going on, you know, I need to, I need to generate an email or a marketing blurb so that I can get on the CEO of XYZ company's calendar because of the things that they're interested in. That's when it changes the game, right? Because right now that exists in somebody's head, but if you could take all of that stuff and all of those interactions and feed it into this, this AI engine, um, I think it augments the, the process so well, and it will ultimately lead to better business engagements. Oh no, it's, yeah. I mean, just from you saying that, I like if, if think about the conference I run, so if you if I'm able to send a system and say, here's my attendees, here's the sessions they attended, generate the correct, you know, follow-up email based upon what they're interested in, and it would yep. be able to extract, oh, they're they're all over the power platform stuff. I mean, that would be huge because now you could tailor those res those messages based upon what they're actually doing at the event. And not, I'd be, yeah, I'm sold. I'll so bet chat GPT could do that today. One. I'll bet I chat GPT could do that today, 100%. Yeah, but it, but if everybody's doing that, then everybody's stuff is better and everybody's stuff is more targeted and everybody's baseline comes to a different place. So I think you have the same amount of competition, even if you're doing better work, because it's not differentiated. So everybody has to step up or you don't make it. And then from there, how do you further differentiate if everyone's using the same tool? Like it sounds horrifically boring and repetitive from my perspective. Oh no, we're going to see like social platforms pop up that will ban the use of bots. And if they detect that you're using a bot to interact, they're going to block you. There's, there's going to be some backlash. Something's going to happen along those lines. I'm I was, sure. was going to say data, data privacy has got to come into that as well somewhere <laughs> because uh, yeah, already we, we can't really store personal information about a lot of people without their consent. So um, of course, we'd, you'd cover that off with uh, when, when people do attend your event in, in that case. Uh, but it's got to start ringing alarm bells about, well, how do you know this about me? <laughs> you what know, uh, we were sending that sort of content. And you, you and just your see fancy, that, that. You, you and your fancy GDPR. Uh, yeah, it's like, yeah we, we got out of that. <laughs> <laughs> but gosh, yeah, if the AI could then go look at the sessions you attended, then look at your Facebook profile and your LinkedIn profile and then create something. That's, that's why not? Stuff. I mean, why would yeah. that not be the future? I mean, that, that has to be in the cards. I mean, that that's, <laughs> it really is. Yeah. Um, yeah. But anyway, moving on to the next topic, because I know we're, we've, we've beat this dead horse <laughs> to death. Um, metaverse. I think the metaverse is going to be a huge one. Um, you know, if, if, if you don't mind, I don't know if, how much we'll say about it. I think it's coming. Um, obviously the avatars coming in teams are going to be great. Um, everybody's going down that way. Zoom's going down that way. Um, you know, but I think the whole reduction of camera fatigue in the metaverse and using your avatars to be able to have a presence on a call, I think it's fantastic. Want to see more of that in 2023. Um, and, uh, for me personally, uh, that's, that's it. <laughs> I, mean, that's, I don't know how a much we want to go down. A lot of questions for me though, because it kind of going back to that bot mentality, right? It's less personal. It, it doesn't, I can't make a personal connection when I'm talking to someone one-on-one -on, -one on teams with an avatar. I don't feel the same level of connection. I don't see the same level of expression. I can't read the body language. Those things all need to come into play and get a lot better. I need to hmm. feel like I'm actually speaking to the person and, and not to something on the screen. Cause I just, right now it doesn't provide enough value to me. 
um, in, until those things happen. Cause I, half the reason I'm on video all day is because I want those things. I want to feel connection. I want to see how people are reacting. Are they checked in to what I'm talking about? Um, you know, what, what is their body language when I'm talking about something? And, and I just, in, until that happens, I don't want anything to do with these avatars, right? Like I, nah, I, I, I think just, at the moment it's a little stuff. bit of fun and that's that's it it's got to get a lot lot better <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, yeah i mean it's it's gimmicky it's um it's interesting but i don't think i think i agree with everything stephanie's saying there's the value there is still needs to be determined and and figured out yeah it's I, fun. I, I feel in like in the meantime i like playing with the avatars that we have available and kind of dressing them up or whatever you know but i business value wise um i'm still i'm, I'm waiting on to see where the messaging goes this year it's actually quite funny because because Mark, I mean, don't don't be offended by this, but you you've got some uh, unique features. <laughs> no, you 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 you're Mark Rackley. You can tell from a mile off. Uh, somebody that's just like got grey hair and wears black glasses and 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 so on. Uh, Sandy has grey hair and wears black glasses, and we both designed our avatars and we look like each other. <laughs> there, wasn't, there wasn't enough to actually distinguish uh, each other from each other yet so uh, i think you know it's it, it doesn't look anything like me i can't make it look like me i thought you, you did a wonderful job with yours um but yeah you, you you're very you, you got some very distinguished features <laughs> but um yeah it, it can be uh, challenging from that point of view i think that's got to get a lot better as well well i, I'm, I don't know whether that's to say thank you or be offended by that but you know. <laughs> I'll be, yeah you, you're unique mark everybody knows yeah. you're unique don't, don't be offended true. <laughs> so yeah i mean that, that that's the team's avatars though i think yeah the, the metaverse offers uh, a whole lot more right um i i think as, as far as being able to demonstrate uh proof of concept designs and things like that for physical products remotely uh rather than traveling halfway around the world to, to see a customer and demonstrate a product i think things like that would be uh, a really valuable use for, for business yeah and i think it's also important for you know not to bash any of these things <laughs> too hard because i just turned on my avatar for those wondering my bread's laughing now um i think it's important not to bash i think this shirt is even very much in the rackley no, motif it, it, so, it, yeah. it, it's like when they when they uh, that they probably took mark rackley and was like let's, let's test it on this character oh no we need to have this certain type of beard it needs to look exactly like this and and yeah I mean, they've, they've designed like mark the hair, everything, <laughs> it, everything it's awesome, isn't it yeah. That is some really unique features team. there. That is. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, um, yeah. So, but I think it's important, like, to to not just say, okay, this stuff doesn't have any value. I, I think we really need to see where it's going. I think I think there will be value. I think the the probably the challenge now is just figuring out exactly what that value is. Now, I know in the past, I'm one of those people who are like, you know, if anybody has criticism, it's going to be me. But it's, I think. I think we need to wait and see. I don't think it's there yet, but I think we need to wait and see. I think the other big thing is the you know mixed reality. Like I did get the Quest Pro headset. I did get that, and now having mixed reality instead of just you know VR, I think that's also potentially going to be a game changer because just being able to have something where you're not totally blocked in some other world, but you can bring it into your world and see what's around you, I think starts to have a lot more value. Um, so I'm excited to see where that space goes as well. So all this metaverse, mixed reality stuff, I think it's still really, really early. I know a lot of people are already saying that like meta is like bombing with all the money they've lost on it. I don't know. I'm still not convinced that it's 
I, I think there's something there. I think we just need to figure it out. Well, I mean, Forbes is reporting, you know, quote unquote experts, whoever they are, um, is going to add five trillion to the global economy by 2030. That's a that's a huge. Yeah. I mean, that's huge. But <laughs> I <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. I it, it'll be an interesting space to watch and kind of figure out where things go, because, as you know, I we were talking about this earlier, like I work from home by myself all the time. If they could give me a reasonable alternative for me to feel like I'm truly immersed in a work meeting, I would absolutely be all for it. Um, it's just going to have to improve a lot from where it is today in order for me to feel truly present and connected with others. So uh, a lot yeah. to, to see in that space. I, I took a screenshot just now, and I, I bet if I post this on Facebook, it's actually going to tag Mark automatically. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think you know things like you know using mixed reality. You can bring up a huge whiteboard in your room that you're actually working in, and I think if you could then work with somebody else who is also in mixed reality and has that same whiteboard, and like maybe you're you, you know you can see that person in like they're in your room with you and you're both working on the same whiteboard physically like i i see great collaboration taking place like that because that does feel more immersive that's um, what i want that's that's exactly what i want because i don't get to travel as much as you guys and being able to sit so we have to use whiteboarding tools and things like that today but i don't get that personal interaction of both of us drawing that mixed reality of being able to collaborate like you're in a room, but not be in a room um, is where the market, that's where the game changes, right? I mean, I think that's just, um, uh, that's that's what I need. Yeah. I don't think I'm the only one. No, I, I, I just think that's where the real value is. Otherwise, what's what's really the point? Unless you, unless you can get that, because people really need that personal connection. And that's one of the things we're really missing right now with all these Teams meetings. Um, is is that real personal connection. We're missing any sort of water cooler talk, any sort of chit chat. People don't want to come on cameras. It's just we we need that engagement. And I think there's potential for it here if 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 they can do it right. I don't know, Bergen, what do you think? What do you think about all this this metaverse and all this stuff? I know you got the the uh, MetaQuest Pro headset as well. Any thoughts there? Uh, until it's more comfortable it's going to be hard to catch on at all. I think metaverse type content is going to have to enter a state where it's more portable before it could be used for a work environment or Zuckerberg talks about how he wants to see it replace uh, smartphones. He doesn't see it being supplemental to your computer and your phone he sees it replacing both of those things and i think that's a possibility someday but it's not there for another 20 years which is why it's crazy they're putting billions of dollars into something that isn't going to be there till his kids have kids yeah because those headsets are so heavy like i'm five two i have a child size head like i know this because you know you buy a hat like normal hats don't fit my head they're way too big i'm a small person i'm petite and those headsets are so heavy that it's difficult for me to wear for long periods of time so that i think that's a great point it's just it's it's not something i could wear all day there's no way that's a good point i mean if you could get them in the form factor of eyeglasses that you could tap on the side to turn the mixed reality on and off I would, I would, I would wear that all day. I would use it all the time. Um, so that's a valid point. It is a little there's bit of a these, struggle to get it out. There's these glasses called Unreal Air, which I, I want to buy. They actually aren't even that expensive. They're like three, 
$150, which is a lot cheaper than a Quest Pro. And they are in a glasses form factor. They're run off your phone. They don't have nearly the same kind of tracking. They don't have inside-out tracking. They just kind of use your phone's uh, gyroscope for a controller. But they are a lightweight form factor. You could wear them driving in a car. Uh, the field of view is pretty limited. But that's, I think, the technology that's going to get to a portable and really useful environment first. And then um, I might be stealing this from Linus Tech Tips, I think I saw in the video he made. But like, if we, we need to take the components that we're trying to put on our head and put them somewhere else first. Like, if you look at VR headsets, the first ones that came out, like the Oculus headsets, that wasn't inside-out tracking like the Quest is. It was base stations in your room. Uh, so that's how I think you get it portable first. So then if you're like driving in your car and you want to have navigation, rather than using the screen that's built into your car or looking at your phone in a mount, if you had a overview in the glasses that you're wearing kind of project where you're going on the road or whatever, or maybe a screen in your dashboard, uh, that's, I think, technology that doesn't have to be super far off in the future, just whether or not anyone actually wants to implement that. Because it's niche. It's a niche use case. So how much does it cost to make something that specific? Hmm. That's a good point. Go back to the beginnings of GPSs. How many people had GPSs in their car? It was a very niche technology. Not mm -hmm. everybody had them. And then you had to buy a portable one. And But now they're embedded in your smartphone. You just plug your phone up and now you've got GPS. So I think it's just... And that's also why I think it's okay to invest in billions of dollars now because someone's got to do it to get where we're going. And without all of the stuff they're playing with and figuring out the technology, it's it's always going to be 20 years off if someone's not doing it. Yeah, and not everybody is going to have the budget for that sort of thing. But that's why the, the thing I like about all of this, you know, open AI is that anybody mm -hmm. can participate at whatever level you're at. You know, we can go in and play around, but there's also things like hackathons and, and things like that where you can really generate ideas. And then once you've got the idea, then those people that have the budget, they can go really take it and make it reality for, for the masses. Um, so I think kind of that, that oh, what do you call it? Like a, a think tank of all of us put together is, is what's going to move it forward faster. Yeah, it costs will come down. I think when my parents bought their first microwave in 1974, it was like a thousand dollars or something, right? So, and and that's what I hope it to get to is to kind of be that microwave of of devices around your house. I mean, we we, um, it's kind of like the internet is today. I mean, it's 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 more prevalent prevalent than it was, but it's it's still, um, you know, people have heard of it. People, most people have it. Um, not enough people have it yet, but most people do have it. And the rate of adoption these days is, is crazy compared to what it was. There's a graph I saw of how long it took different technologies to reach like 15 million users. The internet, it was something like 15 years, I think, or longer than that. I wasn't alive. But then like Angry Birds hit 15 million users in uh, 17 days. Kind of a wow. weird example, <laughs> but things are getting adopted. Popular things are being adopted uh, faster than ever. So once that technology becomes accessible, it's not going to take a long time to get in people's hands. It's going to be tomorrow. So it's a race against Rob's retirement timeline is what I'm hearing. So <laughs> Rob's going to be the first of us to go, I think. He's I think I might be, man. I think 12 <laughs> years is all I have left. So says our retirement portal. So I could hang it up. I don't know what I'm going to. <laughs> They're just podcast full time. This has been a midlife crisis year for me. <laughs> it really has. <laughs> did you get a new Jeep? I did get a new Jeep. Got rid of the <laughs> oh, old right. Wrangler and 
he got a wagon ear. <laughs> I was being funny. Then I remember, yes, you actually did get a new jean. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Oh. Yeah, proper midlife crisis. You'd have got that Corvette. Yeah, yeah. You know, when you when your kids go to <laughs> and Stephanie will find this out soon. When you when your kids start going to college and leaving the nest, it's it's uh, whoo. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. You gotta you gotta get through paying for college first, and then 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 you can relax a little. I don't know. We'll see. <laughs> so, what else is on your mind, guys? What what else? What are we missing here in terms of trends for next year? Any final thoughts? I know we're kind of wrapping down uh, to the end of the show here. I mean, I don't have any thoughts on future trends. I don't know if, I know, Bergen, if you have anything that you think of that we haven't talked about, that would be cool. I think bell-bottom jeans are making a comeback. <laughs> Again? He's not wrong. He's not wrong. You know what's great, though, is that those those are the, the fashion trends coming back. Like, I should have just kept my clothes from high school, not that they'd fit. But the the trends are coming back faster now. So um, that it's funny to me to see teenagers and the stuff that I used to wear. I mean, it just fit right in. Yeah, I don't know. I, I think we, I mean, it, yeah, in the 90s where we were wearing the, uh, the the flare jeans, I mean, it was only like 20 years prior to that <laughs> that everybody was wearing them. <laughs> it's just that we're seeing that as uh, not that long ago. <laughs> I look yep. forward to seeing all of you in bell-bottom jeans. Not going to happen. <laughs> It'll happen, man. You're going to have to change your avatar. I have. <laughs> oh, yeah, avatars, uh, avatars will have legs, apparently. Yeah. Maybe that'll be a thing. (laughs) I don't know what I was going to bring to the table wasn't very uh, innovative. It was the other way. I I think uh, next year I'm going to see a lot of people caring less about social media. Uh, I I think that's uh, I I think the whole pandemic and, and everybody being isolated from each other. They don't want to communicate in that way because they did it and that was the only choice and uh and now they they just want to be more in person and and communicate on the phone again like we used to and and so on as opposed to just uh, through social media i think that might be a thing i don't see that <laughs> being a bad thing it's not a bad thing uh I, I think that'd be a good thing yeah but uh i i think that trend is already happening i think they've done a good job of killing uh some of the social media platforms Oh yeah, Twitter's doing a great job killing itself. So. Twitter, <laughs> yeah. Twitter, right. but he says that the usage is up um, to record numbers, and it, it's funny how when people want to complain about something, they go to the platform that they're complaining about to do the complaining, and they're in. I mean, that's literally how you know things happen now. Is that the uh, n- no publicity is bad publicity kind of thing? Uh, I feel like that's what Twitter's surviving on right now. So I don't, I don't know. I don't know if I buy that. I think um, we still have a lot of introverts in the world that are perfectly happy not leaving their house. I'm not one of those. I'm going to be out and about. Um, I I am hopeful to be on social media less and in person more myself. And on that note, my last prediction, I want to see more mobile payments. I have to tell you, in um, doing the traveling I did, especially internationally, watching people pay with their Apple Watch and not even have to dig a card out of their wallet, like... Now that we're out and about again, I would love to see mobile payments really transition um, to something that's easier. Um, I I loved what I saw um, in in the other countries. I think sometimes maybe Europe is ahead of the U.S. in that front. Um, I I didn't see as many credit cards. 
Well, I, I purposely avoid places that that don't allow me to pay with Apple Pay uh, because it's just so convenient. And even like last time I was in New York, and Mark, I know you were the recent, I believe you were recently there. Yep. Um, and, you know, all the subway and stuff is all Apple Pay, right? So you just mm-hmm. scan your watch, scan your phone, your own. There's no Metro card or no concept of that. London's Oyster card is gone the wayside for this as well. Um, but it's just, I love it. I love it, love it, love it. I'm with you. I want that. Please mm-hmm. more of that. <laughs> I, I think here it's Absolutely. already, yeah, it's already here. I mean, it, almost all the time I'm using my phone to, to pay for everything. But I, I tell you what's a godsend is when you see it on our website, instead of having to key in your card details, yeah. mm-hmm. when you can just like double click and pay. <laughs> Listen, like, yeah, I'm 10 times more likely to finish the transaction if I don't have to get off. This sounds really lazy. If I don't have to get off the couch to go across the room to get my purse to dig out my credit card and I can go next, next, finish. I mean, that's why Amazon is so popular, right? What? So if, if I don't have to get up to finish the transaction, I can double click on the side of my phone to finish it through Apple Pay or whatever it is. Heck yeah, I'm all for it. It's not just going and getting your credit card, though. When you get to my age, you have to actually go and find your glasses first so you can read the credit card and put the credit card information in. <laughs> so, yeah, double click. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, this has been great. Um, I, I think we should wrap now. Um, and, and I think this has been a great show. Um, it's been a great year. Uh, for everybody here. Um, and, and I hope our listeners have had an equally great year and, and can celebrate uh, towards the end of the year and look forward to next year. But, um, you know, thank you guys for your time. Um, thank you, you know, uh, you know, tech explaining host for, for being here for us all um, and, uh, and, and everything. So, so it's, it's been a great year. Love you guys. And um, let's wrap it up and, and have a, have a happy holidays and, uh, you know, we'll see you guys in the new year. Happy Thanks, holidays. Happy holidays. Merry Christmas.